The Danny Mac Show with BK. Podcast powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac with BK. And Goldie hits a high fly ball into deep left center. Dyson back at the wall. Gone! Carpenter hits it down the right field line. That ball is down off the wall. One run will score. They're going to wave a man. Relay to the plate. He is safe. No, they're going to call him out. One run does score to make it a 3-2 Cardinal lead. In the air. Left center, well hit. Taylor back at the wall. Gone! Lead off homer, Dylan Carlson. Can he put him away on the 0-2 pitch? Merrifield running, base hit into right. And the Royals go on top, an 0-2 pitch. And that makes it a 6-5 Kansas City lead. So the Cardinals take two of three from the Royals, but can't finish the series last night. And it did turn into last night after the rain delay. We had a long rain delay, nearly three hours. And then Alex Reyes came back out and the Cardinals at that point in time, they were tied 5-5 and they eventually lose it. Six to five, but they take two of three against the Kansas City Royals. Welcome in. It's the Danny Mac Show. My guest coming up will be Nick Ragone from the Ascension Charity Classic and a lot of money being raised for North County and North St. Louis through this golf tournament coming to town. And some of the biggest names in golf are coming to uh, to St. Louis. And Nick Ragone will tell us about that. So Friday night, the Cardinals win it by the score of four to two. Adam Wainwright now 11 times has gone seven or more innings. That's incredible. And he's going to be 40 later this month. He's now 10 and six, and it's the 11th season. There's only been three Cardinals that have had seasons of 10 or more wins. He's now 10 and six. Reyes picked up the save. Wayno seven innings, two earned, couple of walks struck out, six. Goldschmidt had the home run. O'Neill went four for four. Solo home run. Then Saturday, the Cardinals win it five to two. Solo home run for Nolan Arenado off of Keller. That was in the fifth, number 22. And then yesterday, six to five. Barlow picked up the win. Reyes uh, took the loss. He's five and five. Love Lady had a one, two, three. Just love that name. Rolls off the t- Love Lady. He, uh, Love Lady, picked up his first save of the season. So the Cardinals and the Pirates tomorrow night. It's an off day for St. Louis. J-Hap, Stephen Brault, pair of lefties tomorrow, game one. And then on Wednesday, Wayno back out there against Will Crow. Crow three and six, as I mentioned. Adam Wainwright is 10 and six. Thursday, JT Brubaker, he'll go for the Pirates and still to be determined whether or not Jack Flaherty makes that start. Then the Cardinals head to Kansas City. They'll go across the state tomorrow. So the Cardinals are a game uh, below the 500 mark and they are now eight out in the wild card. So you have the Dodgers and the Padres, the first two teams if it ended today. The Reds are starting to play very good baseball. They swept Pittsburgh. They're now 10 games above the 500 mark, two and a half out in the wild card. The Braves, six and a half. Then you have the Mets at seven. Mets are starting to falter out of the East and in the wild card. Cardinals are just a game back of the New York Mets and eight uh, eight games out in the wild card. Back to yesterday. So with the loss, the Cardinals finished four and five in the homestand. They take two of three against the Royals and Minnesota. They could have taken two of three against the Braves. It was there for the taking. They were swept in that series. So four wins in the nine game, a homestand. John Lester went five and a third, gave up five runs. All were earned. 
So, John Lester, what do the Cardinals have to do to make it to postseason play? You know, obviously, schedule is important. I think we've, we've got that, you know, a little bit in our favor. Uh, I think a little bit of a little bit of luck going forward. You know, I, I think you just you, you get on a roll. You know, like today, you know, we we had a chance to you know come out of here with a sweep, and and I wasn't able to to do that. And I think that's kind of the building point for those scenarios, like you're talking about. So, if we can just continue to do that and put ourselves in good positions, I think I think it's going to fall our way. You know, it was too good of a team over here. I've seen it on the other side. I've seen the runs. I've seen these guys get hot before. So uh, I know it's there. It's just a matter of us going out and, and uh, executing it. Well, he, he mentioned a little luck. You got to go on a run. And the schedule, I always caution myself now saying, well, it's kind of the softer portion in the schedule. Is it really, though? I mean, the Cardinals are a 500 team. They're at 500. I believe it'll, it'll try to go to 500 for the 19th time in 2021 tomorrow so the schedule for the remainder of august you have three with pittsburgh at their place three at the uh, at the royals off day a week from today then you've got milwaukee in town for three it's a long homestand coming up it's a eight game homestand so you got the david freeze night a week from tomorrow the brewers will be in town that's the first of three but then again it's the pirates off day then the the uh, tigers at home then you go back to pittsburgh for a four gamer and then it gets uh, tougher again at least when you look at the records of other teams with the Cincinnati Reds and that's not until the 30th a bright spot here in the month of August offensively for the Cardinals how about Tyler O'Neill 11 for 23 that's a 478 average had a four hit night against uh, the Kansas City Royals this past weekend a home run three extra base hits walked five times that's always good and he was asked about his success on offense recently I'm just trying to put together good at bats one by one honestly that's it just simplicity is key in my scenario um it was August, so taking less swings, uh, you know, just thinking less and getting up there and seeing the baseball and uh, just reacting, using my hands, stuff like that. So, um, you know, just taking it easy like that. Well, it's a smart approach, and it's also an approach where he says he's not trying to hit as many home runs. Yeah, the homers will come. Uh, I'm not I'm not worried about those. You know, as long as I'm hitting the ball hard, you know, low on the line, stuff like that, giving, my chance, giving myself a chance to get knocks, you know, not, not hitting it pop-ups and uh, swinging and missing foul balls and stuff. Just hitting it low and hard and play is what I've really been trying to do. Just kind of work with that, and, uh, you know, it's, it's been working out so far. So the bullpen was something of a bright spot over the, uh, the weekend, too. Now, Reyes did take the loss, but generally speaking, going into that game, the bullpen... And this is the combination of trying to to win. You get a, a decent start, turn it over your bullpen, and your bullpen starts throwing up zeros. Going into the game yesterday in the first two games of the Royal Series, because KK did not go deep, there was a lot of innings for the bullpen to cover, and they did very well. Seven innings, no walks. Part of that, and I would imagine that his responsibility and role will start moving up, was Luis Garcia. Now, his last five outings, and he had a two-inning uh, scoreless outing on Saturday. But his last five all toll, eight and a third, three hits, no walks. That's what you want to see. Eight strikeouts. Mike Schill, what are you seeing from him? It's great. You know, we recognize his arm when we first got him. Recognize the heaviness of his sinker. Recognize that he's got a, a good secondary pitch. But then we just keep giving him opportunities and goes out and attacking the zone. He was fantastic. Good stuff. So Mike Schild 
at least can count on him a little bit here recently. I would say that TJ McFarland has also moved up. And now the question is, what about the starters? Where, where are you going to put in Jack Flaherty? Will it be Thursday? Or do the Cardinals say, you know what, we're going to we're going to hold off on that because we can pitch him, let's say, in a game over the weekend against the Royals because the DH is in play, doesn't have to swing a bat. They've had three starters get hurt by swinging the bat this year, Martinez, KK, Jack Flaherty. So the impact on getting Flaherty and Michael is back for this stretch run. The great news is we have a, we have Jack and, and um, maybe Miles coming back, and we, we have something that we haven't had for a while, not a um, – search under the covers for starters we've we've been able to now um we have us guys that we got we have choices which is a beautiful thing and um you know we got days off we can go to a six man we can you know figure it out but i can't tell you the rotation now only because um we're still finalizing where jack's going to slot in and we'll have that rotation for you soon flaherty eight and one two nine oh era this year Flaherty, if you leave it up to him, he says, get me out there right now. I'd love to pitch real soon. I would love to pitch as, as soon as possible, um, especially with the way things have felt and the way things are going. Um, you know, and, and the way I am mentally, the way I feel, I'm not worried about it. Um, so everything feels good. All right, so Flaherty, if it's up to him, he's going Thursday. Cardinals may be leaning towards the weekend. We'll see how it plays out. The 6-3-6 sending Reyes back out after a two-plus-hour rain delay was criminal. I don't know if it's criminal. Um, Might have been a little surprising. However, in that, uh, and I don't know if you could see it on TV, but um, it's something to keep in mind is that Reyes goes out there, throws a couple of pitches, and there's two runners on. It was second and third, so it wasn't like he threw a lot. Then you have bullpens and cages that are below the seats near the dugout. He's probably playing catch during the rain delay to stay warm. Not hot, but warm. So I'm not sure you saw this. Mike Maddox did go out after they pulled the tarp. They worked on the mound, and they did a very good job of making sure that that stayed dry because it was a quick turnaround once the rain did subside. So he's probably checking out the mound to make sure it's all right, but also checking with Alex Reyes to make sure he's all right. How do you feel? You want to do this? Hey, we can get somebody up real quickly. Um, and so they stuck with Reyes. I, I I really didn't have a problem with it. I understand where you're coming from, but he seemed to be okay. Um, and another question was from the 314, did Reyes have to stay in last night's game because of the three batter minimum? So he had faced two, then the rain delay hit. I dug on this throughout the entire rain delay because it's a logical question. So in the rule book, basically it says if a pitcher is hurt or falls of illness, um, then you can take that pitcher out. And then there is the common sense aspect of this too. So an umpire knows that the three batter minimum is in play, but when you have a nearly three hour rain delay, do you have to bring him back out? And the answer is no. They, they use common sense. And if the pitcher got up, he's hot, faced a couple. And most teams, not well, I'd say a lot of teams would say, look, we're not going to have our guy go back out there for the risk of injury or he's maxed out and that's it. We're putting him aside. We'll go a different direction. So it's not, at least not to my knowledge, not in the rule book, but there is the quote unquote kind of the common sense aspect of that portion uh, portion of the three batter minimum rule one of the reasons i don't like it it was very simple i mean you looked at um earlier this year bryce harper getting hit by a pitch in the face dd gregorius next pitch hit in the back 
got to get that guy out there, out of there. And they weren't able to do that because of three batter minimum. And that's one of the aspects that I would think needs to be addressed as they look at keeping that potentially in the game for next year. Coming up, we're going to visit with Nick Ragone. We'll talk a little golf and some big, big names in golf coming to St. Louis. And he'll unveil some of those names maybe that have not been released yet. So we'll break a little news coming up on 101 ESPN. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I. I promise. Not that far away. It's the Ascension Charity Classic out at Norwood Hills, presented by Emerson, September 9th through the 12th. And really looking forward to some of the biggest names in golf coming to our community. Nick Ragone, the executive VP. Chief Marketing and Communications Officer for Ascension, but uh, he's the, you could say that title, but he's the guy running this whole thing and uh, making sure we have a great event coming to St. Louis and joins us on 101 ESPN. Hey, Nick, always great to hear your voice. How you doing? I'm doing great, and it's uh, thank you for that introduction, though. The credit belongs to all my colleagues at Ascension and the community. You know, Danny, you've been close to this for two years now, and uh, I, I, you know, I've been here for seven years in St. Louis. Uh, this is an amazing town, but the community has rallied to own this event since day one. We announced October 8th of 2019 and has made this important, not just for golf or the Ascension Charity Classic, but for North County, for the charities we're serving, for the region, that this is a long-term event. And we're not for Emerson stepping up as the presenting sponsor early on and worldwide, and then Centene and many, many others, all the great corporate leaders, uh, this wouldn't be the special event that it's going to be. We're a month out, and you could just feel the excitement. Are you getting nervous? It's, uh, you know, four weeks away. Are you starting to get nervous this is going to uh, come to fruition here? Uh, it, it's amazing. Not nervous. The, it, anticipating. Uh, now now you get into the range where you start praying for good weather. Yeah, you know, exactly. We want to have great weather that week. But what's exciting to me is that uh, I do remember that press conference we had at Norwood Hills that you were at and others, many others, at Pack Ballroom. And to go from there, kind of a vision, a long-term vision in our head uh, as to what this could be for our region and for North County and for the Urban League and Mary Grove and the Boys and Girls Club, to now be a month out from seeing that vision realized, it's uh, it's pretty extraordinary. You know, you mentioned the three charities, and I, I do want to get into that, and that is the wonderful component of you know, we, we all enjoy sports. We want to see these great names come to St. Louis. We all, at least I do, I love golf. And so if you're a golf fan, this is a who's who coming to St. Louis. But put that aside. We'll get into that in a moment. But last year, your event was canceled because of COVID. But yet you still uh, held through with your pledge to those three charities and donated hundreds of thousands of dollars. So you're to to be commended uh, for what you did for those charities in North County. And maybe you can explain how that all transpired, what went into it last year and what you're expecting uh, this year in, in helping out those folks. Sure. You know, last year we were disappointed we couldn't play because of COVID, but it was the right call. It was the right thing to do. But uh, we were still able, as you said, uh, we gave away $225,000 to the Urban League Boys and Girls Club Mary Grove. It's the first time in the history of the PGA Tour that a tournament has given away nearly a quarter million dollars without playing a single shot in the history of the event. That's amazing. We've never played a shot in the history of our event, and we're already giving uh, that level of charity, which would already put us in good company on PGA Tour champions as, you know, as far as being one of the more charitable tournaments. When I uh, – at that press conference, Danny, I said, 
our goal for this event, our first goal is to make this the most charitable tournament on PGA Tour champions. I thought, you know, in my mind, that would take four or five years to get to. Um, I think there's a good chance, Danny, again, based on all the support from the Emersons and the Worldwide, uh, from Enterprise and Centene, and just the corporate community, that we might, we might, we're going to, I don't want to give out numbers yet, but we're going to we're, we're going to open some eyes up as to what we could do for charity. And I think within a year or two, we are going to be among, if not the most charitable tournament on PGA Tour champions. And I think that's going to speak a lot about our community, our region, the people here, the companies here. And that that's something that we'll hopefully build on and that it'll you know inspire other companies to continue investing in the region and North County in particular. But as we attract you know, I spoke to the Sports Commission board meeting last week as they continue to track other high-profile events and, and the state of Missouri looks at attracting other companies to come here. This is going to be one of those, those proof points in the selling of the narrative of our region. And uh, nobody could have envisioned that, but, boy, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. What's pretty amazing about this event, and Nick Ragone from the Ascension Charity Classic is our guest, is that if you love golf like I do, uh, you can flip on Golf Channel, let's say, leading into Christmas and then a week after Christmas, and you've got a tournament everywhere. It might be over in Europe, might be in the States, uh, could be on the Champions Tour, could be uh, the, the women's side, the men's side, but there's golf everywhere. But in terms of this event, when you're holding it and it's coming up on the 9th, uh, this is kind of the preeminent event, whether you're on the PGA Tour or the Champions Tour, because this is the one that's being played. And that's, that needs to be said. So if you love golf, this is the place to be. Yeah, you're, you're, to put a finer point on it, and you got it exactly right, there's no other professional golf that week uh, in, in North America. I mean, the PGA Tour has an off week, only two weeks of the year. Uh, and so we're it. And I think PGA Tour champions really set us up to succeed on the calendar. And so we're right after the FedEx Cup season has ended, and right before the Ryder Cup. So it's a perfect opportunity, and it's in the build-up to the Champions Tour Schwab Cup. And so it's after Labor Day weekend, the weather's going to be great, knock on wood. You couldn't ask for a better spot on the calendar uh, for this region. And I think, again, the Champions Tour in St. Louis, they saw what happened at the PGA Bell Reeve in 2018, which was a historic event. And I think everybody realized this is just one of the finest obviously sports market in the country, but maybe the best golf market in the country too. And for them to have a premier event here in year one, again, at Norwood in North County, giving back to charity, it just, all the stars have lined up for a great event. Well, speaking of stars, uh, let's break a little news here on uh, 101 ESPN. Uh, How about some of the names that are committed to come to St. Louis and play in the event? Well, absolutely. I'll tell you the first, Big name, a Hall of Famer, Ernie Els has committed. Uh, Ernie, four-time major winner, Hall of Famer. One of the great guys of his generation. You know, Tiger and Ernie and Phil. Think about all the majors Phil and Ernie would have if Tiger uh, <laughs> didn't win 15 majors. I mean, you'd be talking about Ernie in that category of seven, eight, nine, like Watson. Uh, you know, it's just amazing how great of a player he is. And he still won four majors and could have won a bunch more. But to have him in the field is extraordinary. Uh, tomorrow at our media day, we have our media day. We're going to announce a few more, but I wanted to break Ernie Els here first because uh, I think it's really special that Ernie's playing here. And then the big one is Phil, and everybody asked me about that. And we're, we're, we're not going to know about Phil until about a week before. He doesn't really commit his schedule further out. I will say that the intrigue here is that when he won the PGA, it was, it was kind of double-sided, right? You know this, Danny. It, uh, the next day we sold 25 Pro-Am spots, which was great. People were excited. At the same time, it put him in contention for the Ryder Cup. Which exactly his schedule would get really, really chaotic. 
Now, he's been playing a lot on the big tour, not playing his best golf. At this point, it really depends on whether Captain Stricker makes him a captain selection for the Ryder Cup. I think if he gets selected for the Ryder Cup, it, it, he probably won't play here. If he doesn't, I think it increases the odds, again, because there's no other major golf that week. And, you know, Phil has been playing a lot. Uh, he played three times on the Champions Tour. He's won twice. In fact, in Missouri, he made his debut and won here. And so it really, you know, for, for your listeners that are, are, are really golf nerds, Phil is active on Twitter. You might want to tweet him and encourage him to come to St. Louis. But I think it really depends on whether or not he uh, plays in the Ryder Cup. And then we're going to have Jerry Kelly, another announcement I could break here. He's the Schwab Cup leader right now, having a great season. Bernard Longer and all the other great stars. We're going to have a stacked field, I think, at this point. You know, Captain Stricker, because of the Ryder Cup, highly unlikely. And then Phil, depending on what happens with the Ryder Cup. But otherwise, we are going to have an outstanding field. And this is going to have a local flavor, too. As we know, Jay Delsing has done a lot here. Jay Williamson, uh, St. Louis guys. John Daly loves the Cardinals, so he wants to play. So this is going to have a little local flavor, too. Absolutely. You know, uh, Jay and Jay, I suspect, uh, will be uh, in the field. I don't know if I'm breaking news there. Uh, There are certainly... Look, they're local heroes and legends. I think Jay Delson's had over 500 career starts. And Jay Williamson, you know, nearly won uh, years ago at the Travelers, lost in a playoff to Hunter Mahan. Both outstanding players. Local, and Jay grew up at Norwood, Jay Delsing. So not only I think I think he could compete, be competitive. And John Daly had a big story. You saw it in the Post-Dispatch last week saying he views this as homecoming. The headline was Daly views the Central Charity Classic as homecoming. I think they're going to have a bobblehead day for him at the Cards game on the 8th. And so John is going to be a headliner. John will be in the field. Uh, you know, he's had some health challenges, and so we're, we're all happy that he's doing well. But I think, um, you know, I think it's going to be an outstanding field. How cool is it to have Nicholas and Watson in town for the luncheon that we had? Uh, I guess it's been a little bit over a week now, but how cool is that to be able to bring them here to St. Louis and to see them boots on the ground at Norwood? You know, it was truly amazing. And I thank you again, Danny, for hosting that. Um, or I'm seeing it sure. uh, to have Jack and Tom two of the greatest of all time, the greatest of all time and Tom Watson, eight time major winner on stage in St. Louis, reminiscing in a way that most sports I never get to see. I mean, genuinely fond of each other, poking the needle a little bit here and there over Turnberry in 77 and the U S open in 82. But uh, I, you know, I've hear I've heard from so many people. I know you have too, that that was, a, that wasn't just cool. That was special. That was unique. They, they don't do a lot of that anymore. And to have them, uh, be part of our Legends Luncheon and the Legends Challenge in the inaugural tournament to kind of kick it off. I think we'll look back five or ten years from now when we look back at the history of this tournament and all the good that it's done and say what that was pretty special. That was pretty unique. And I think it was a great way to say, you know, to take a good event and make it just greater. So what's next on the list? So we're about four weeks out. So you, you've got, uh, I'm sure, some media obligations coming up tomorrow. You've got some other things happening with the guys we just mentioned. Then the tournament is here. So what's uh, what can golf fans look forward to here in the, in the uh, next four weeks? Yep, we're going to continue. Uh, you know, this is our prime selling season. So if you want tickets, go to centralcharityclassic.com. We still have you know, we have two days of pro-ams, which is amazing. We still have a few spots left, so if you're interested in playing with the players, uh, do that. We're doing our, our media day tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit more about the field, the parking and accommodations. It's going to be very easy to get to. You know, it's a big piece of property. We'll talk about, you know, Danny, we were supposed to build out one hole, the 14th hole for hospitality and tents. We're building out 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18. Um, it's going to feel like a PGA Tour event. And we had Commissioner Miller Brady here. You saw him last week sure. at luncheon, and he said this – 
you know, we're starting to see the build out. He goes, this feels like a PGA tour event, frankly, because this is, is bigger than what we're, we're, we're accustomed to. And so, and then we're going to continue to announce the field as that comes through over the next few weeks. And uh, we're, we're just excited, you know, 30 days, we're in the final stretch here. Um, let's keep an eye on Phil, everybody, you know, if you're on social media, tweet him, let's hope for some good weather. Uh, and we're really, really excited. This is going to deliver, I think it's, you know, all the metrics, Danny, we've exceeded so far as far as hospitality tents, pro-ams, tickets, uh, even the field at this point, and, and charity based on last year. We want to continue to exceed all of our metrics. Best place to get tickets or sign up? What, what's the best place to, to do that at? AscensionCharityClassic.com. You can get your tickets there if you want to volunteer. We still have some volunteer spots left if you want to attend or if you want to play in the pro-am, go there and keep an eye on, on any new updates we have and Appreciate your support, the support of the community, and even the, the cards and the blues. I think sports in this town stick together. They promote and support each other. It's great to see Isaac Bruce get in the Hall of Fame. You know, even though the Rams aren't still here, we love our players. And, again, I want to thank the Emersons and Worldwide and Centene and Enterprise and just so many outstanding – and the state of Missouri. Missouri Tourism is a big partner now as well, and the governor and lieutenant governor. And so we just appreciate the community support and what we're going to be able to do for – our charities. I, I would assume too, and I'll wrap it up with this, but a lot of the focus will be on what Ascension has done and your caregiver uh, caregivers have done, the doctors, the nurses, all of them working tirelessly uh, through the pandemic. How are they holding up and will the focus of the tournament when you promote Ascension be about what's happened in the pandemic and the work of those folks? Yeah, absolutely. And we have heroic caregivers in 20 states, 160,000 associates that continue, like all caregivers everywhere, to battle this pandemic and certainly urge everybody to, um, you know, appreciate their caregivers, take care of themselves, do the right things. Uh, We're going to continue to do that. And, uh, yeah, we do want to cast a light on the extraordinary caregivers that we have and and in the community. You know, we don't have any hospitals here, but we have great uh, a great healthcare system in St. Louis and caregivers everywhere. We've known now for 18 months going on that they've been battling they're the front lines of this pandemic and uh, they might not wear capes but we know that they're heroic so i appreciate you bringing that up you bet thanks nick for uh, hopping on again ascension charity classic dot com correct for the best place to go for tickets right yep and thank you danny for all your support and the community it really has been inspiring and we appreciate it you got it that is uh, nick ragone from the ascension charity classic and uh, really looking forward again september 9th through the 12th out at norwood we're going to go around major league baseball with some news and notes coming up this is the danny mac show with bk the podcast powered by i promise Take you around Major League Baseball, some of the news and notes over the weekend, and our old buddy Albert Pujols is back at it again. Now there's a lot of speed. 3-0 green light and a ball hit to the moon! Albert Pujols with home run number 676. 676. Now with the Dodgers, 147 at-bats, nine home runs. He's driven in 32. He has been exactly what they wanted and needed. And by the way, he did that against his former team, the Angels. Anthony Rizzo, latest Yankee to test positive for COVID-19. Fourth Yankee to test positive in the last week, so he's out for at least 10 days. He was unvaccinated. The Phillies retire. Roy Halladay's number 34. And to honor him, why not just go the entire game? And that's what Zach Wheeler was able to do. 
no doubt about it. Wheel. Oh, oh he got a as he leaps oh, it yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, Back yeah. to the mound and fires to first in time. You may not see a pitcher make a better play. Swing and a miss. Dominic Smith strikes out. Swing and a miss. 21 in a row. Retired by Zach Wheeler. And the Phillies have a shot to win the East. And they're also going to be trying to do that against the Braves. Now, more on them in a moment. Javi Baez, because the Mets right now are not playing good baseball. They're two and a half out in the East. They led the East for the better part of this season. Leaves a game against the Phillies. He had left hip tightness. Luis Robert, who's been out since May, returns for the White Sox today. And... You have the, the Padres beating the Diamondbacks. So when you look at the wild card, the Dodgers and the Padres lead that. The Reds are now two and a half back. The Braves six and a half. And it's the Mets seven out in the wild card. The Cardinals are eight. Now, speaking of the Braves, they took on the Nationals and they took two of three. That ball's well struck to center. Look at it carry. Robles to the wall. Hey, it's gone a little bit smoked to deep left two run homer for Duvall into the Hank Aaron Terrace a line drive missile good call BJ and the Braves break it open and a good call by our buddy Chip Carey one of the best in the business now the Brewers dropped two of three in Milwaukee thanks to one of the best teams in the game today and that is the San Francisco Giants belt to center field with good carry out there on its way gone Brandon Belt he's done it again and tied the game four to four here and that one is right back up the middle into center field base hit Crawford around third and he's going to score the Giants are ahead five to four. Well, you know what? They find a way. They just find a way, and they had a misplay. The Brewers did in their game on a fly ball to right that led to a couple of runs. Giants tied it up, then wanted an extra innings, and they take two of three. Don't look now. The Reds, one of the hottest teams in baseball. Farmer to right center. That's going to get down. Stevenson through second all the way to the wall. Wave is on for Stevenson. Stevenson crosses standing. Kyle Farmer clubs an RBI double. 3-1 Reds. Reds are now 10 games above the 500 mark, and they're 61-51 and 51 with that sweep of the Pirates. They still have nine games left with Pittsburgh. They have not lost to the Pirates this season. They're playing pretty good baseball. Joey Votto got hot, and he was the National League's Player of the Month in July. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Got to tell you that uh, 101 ESPN has your chance to win a four-pack of tickets next Tuesday night's Budweiser Bash Cardinals Brewers, August 17th. The Budweiser Bash features an exclusive David Freeze bobblehead. Winner must be 21 and over. Tickets courtesy of Budweiser and 101 ESPN and all the detail, uh, details for next Tuesday's uh, game. Budweiser Bash at cardinals.com slash promotions. Alex Ferrario has made his way into the studio uh, it's going to be a short crossover because BK is not here, but that doesn't mean we're not going to have three hours of radio gold. 
That is true, Dan. There's okay. always Radio Gold. Even if BK or I is not here, we still we still provide for the fans. You guys keep the bar very high for the rest of the uh, folks in the station, I can tell you that. Well, and then you got Tanner Hendrickson, and you know, Tanner's always just shooting for the stars, so yes, we're going to give him the opportunity for three hours once again. So what do you have coming up? A lot of baseball talk, a successful weekend for the Cards, Danny, and we're also going to get into a little bit of Tyler O'Neill and Dylan Carlson. They're starting to heat up, and then we're going to get into some hockey talk as well because uh, some NHL defensemen are, are signing massive contracts these last couple of days, and I wonder what that means for Colton Pareko. So we got that, Katie Wu, Robert Murray from Fansided. It's going to be a fun three hours. All right, looking forward to that. We'll talk to everybody tomorrow at 10 on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to The Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise.